Welcome to Serially Hooked Star Wars. We're your hookers, Chris and Richard. And today, she walks both worlds. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and at SerialHooked.com where you can get all our latest info. Also, make sure to subscribe so you just have all of our episodes coming your way. And of course, we'll be continuing our weekly coverage of The Mandalorian in the future. And with that... We must walk the way together. Rashad, how are you doing after this this episode? I'm doing great. I mean, I, ain't no thing. Like, I ain't no problems on my end. I'm chilling. Like, <laughs> this is just like, I think it's, uh, you know, we're coming more towards the end of the season and it kind of kind of you kind of see things coming into shape a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously there's a little bit of like, you know, this episode, it seems quite formulaic to a certain extent, um, but I have no complaints. Things looked good. I was chilling. I I mean, yeah, it wasn't the best episode <laughs> of TV I've ever seen, but yeah. it was, um, it was a fun ride to go on. Definitely an improvement over the last one. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, we get to see a lot of big, bigger picture things, which was fun. I thought, you know, the new Republic and all that. Yeah. It's kind of cool to see different threads that they've been leading towards, I guess. Like, I don't think it still justifies some of the sporadic nature of the beginning of the season, but at least they paid Mm. them off. Right. So they paid off. Um, them going to save Ragnar last episode. They paid off the, or not paid off, but they are incorporating the Coruscant storyline a little bit. So, like, there's some things that are kind of connecting together, and now we kind of see, okay, what's going to happen next, and who's going to be on what side. So it's going to just be interesting. And then also, who doesn't like an episode that ends with a really fun cliffhanger? So, and yeah. we'll, I'm sure we'll discuss <laughs> the cliffhanger at the end. So it'll be really exciting. Okay. Also, this episode Should just we... looks so good. You know. Uh-huh. That's something that, like, I always, uh, I think we're taking for granted when it comes to this episode of this season of The Mandalorian, where even when it's not great, it looks good. Like, the CGI looks good. The fight scenes are all choreographed quite well. Like, it's fun. Like, it, it's just like a ride. And also, yeah, I mean, this scene, this episode was particularly good, I think, in terms of what it looked like. So it's good to do. But we could just move on, I guess. Sorry. I interrupted your <laughs> in transition, which is what I always do. No worries. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so let's actually get right into it. At first, I thought, oh no, the Pirate King is back, who is threatening our good old friend Grief Karga and takes over Navarro. That was a big thing at the very beginning. Um, it was kind of fun to see, uh, obviously not Navarro destroyed, but Grief Karga, somebody seeing through his bluff that he is under the protection of the New Republic, which he isn't. And I kind of I kind of like that because like grief is always just bullshitting and it's nice to see. I mean he he has been called out on that before, but it's kind of nice to see to see it again to be honest. Yeah, you gotta love like uh, a bluff that doesn't work. A very Han Solo type move there by Grief Cargo. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of just the inciting incident for today. Uh, you know, I think. I just like Navarro, the look of it, and uh, so it was nice to start the episode there, knowing that we're going to be here for a while, 
Well, it's just a placeholder for all of our like favorite Western tropes. Mm. So it's just like, oh yeah, okay, you have a, a cute village that's or town that's you know uh, prospering, and then all of a sudden the raiders or the pirates come and just destroy stuff, and that's kind of like, okay, exactly. we've seen this a million times, and it's always fun. Yeah, and the town needs a new sheriff, <laughs> which uh, Din is going to become like, apparently. Um, but yeah, so grief kind of sent, sends a message to the uh, X-wing pilot we've seen before, Teva, and he gets that message at an air, a New Republican airbase, and is going to go to. Which, which I thought, sorry, before I, I'm getting ahead of, of myself, but I think that was a nice little glimpse. At, like, at first I thought, okay, this is like a tropical island. What is this? Um, is this another kind of um, Andor style thing? But no, this looks military. Um, and then my almost, almost my highlight of the entire episode was uh, we see a Lassat. And obviously, very much reminded of Zeb. No, that is Zeb, Chris. You're right? Right? That is Zeb. Confirmed it is him. I'm so excited. That's that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, I wonder. Because the, the, he sounds very similar. Yeah, it's the same voice actor as Steve Blum coming back to reprise yeah. his role as voicing Zeb. Perfect. So that is indeed my highlight of this episode. Yeah, it was incredible to see him. Like, and it's kind of like in a non. It's just so fun, and it makes so much sense for him and his character. What we know from Rebels that he would join the New Republic and become a police officer with them, and and yeah. patrol the Outer Rim. It's just it works on so many levels. It's kind of cool to see. And also, what's cool about it is that it didn't really distract for anything, right? It's just it was there. Mm-hmm. You moved on. It wasn't really mm-hmm. like a central pillar of the thing. I think if it had like switched yeah. a little bit, but I liked how we followed Teva, who we don't really know previous to this show. And mm-hmm. um, Zeb is just kind of in the background. Perfect. I really like the choice to do that. Yeah, everybody who doesn't know, who hasn't watched Rebels, it's just oh, there there is like a like an like a species we haven't seen before, and we're just oh, it's Zeb, it's nice. We we love the Lassat. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was a nice touch. Again, probably Dave Filoni doing Dave Filoni things. Um, but yeah, so uh, Teva goes up the command chain to a colonel for authorization where Kane, our good old buddy Kane is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that reveal? Uh, I mean, that expected at this point. Like, I was kind of, I, I liked, th- I mean, their back and forth in the office was kind of interesting. And mm. Kane really kind of intervening in this path. But it's so interesting to me. Like, why would she care about Navarro? Really? Like, is there remnants of the lab that they destroyed last season on Navarro? Is there some some secret first or nascent first order base there? Like, why does she care about Navarro in that in that sense? But other than that, I mean, that's an interesting you know theory. Yeah, I think. Oh, okay. I read it as because, you know, Teva goes into all of this thing. All of these different things are connected and Moff Gideon has something to do with it. So I, and you can see like the way it's shot and Kane is reacting. It seemed to me like there is a bigger plan of Moff Gideon's here that Navarro is important for. So, so she does her best to kind of have Navarro remain under the radar 
um, yeah, that was kind of how I read the situation. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because it's just all connected and you can trace it back to yeah. them. Um, yeah, I, I, that would make sense to me. It's just, it just, uh, it's good. I really liked it actually. I have no qualms with that scene. It's just, yeah. um, she's a more interesting character. I mean, we loved her even when she we just saw her as a comms coordinator on Gideon's ship. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see how far she goes um, and tracking her as a mole in, in the New Republic is going to be a fun little um, thread for us to go through or trace. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that back and forth as well. <laughs> I, I was just wondering, what's the command chain here? Like, how can she just like intervene in this entire conversation that's bullshit <laughs> but uh, uh i don't know i li- i like the superior as well in a way like he was kind of the the actor did a really good job i thought um i don't know like like not just your standard I, I don't know i thought it was very charismatic in a way though he he is easily swayed it seems like oh, i don't know mm-hmm. yeah well i just couldn't not see the principle from mean girls it was just impossible uh okay <laughs> yeah i haven't seen that so uh wait you haven't seen mean girls oh sorry sorry the movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. oh okay yeah. no 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 uh, so that's all sorry. i saw and it was really jarring okay, to see yeah. him in this in this star wars role ha yeah i didn't i didn't really think of that it's not it's not so oh yeah it's one of, it's like a movie you really like right so it wasn't it in your like top three movies of the 2000s or something something like that uh but um yeah uh so so i i didn't really catch that so <laughs> so i was just very focused uh so but i i obviously understand that it can be jarring <laughs> to have uh someone you know you really know from somewhere else suddenly be in star wars for sure um but yeah so teva gets turned down uh after kane's kind of insistence and um, so he goes to the covert, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, I love the reveal, you know, oh, one of my, you know, somebody I served with in the military uh, is with you. And all the Mandalorians look at each other. What? What? Who is it? Who is it? And then it's R5, <laughs> which was so hilarious. I thought it was going to be Bo for a second or something. Uh, but yeah. no, the fact that it was R5 really gives a good payoff for the whole R5 subplot mm-hmm just the uh the mystery of r5 and his adventures continues i love it um i want to see more and more of that yeah 100 percent. r5 is quickly becoming one of my favorite droids <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah um he, teva asks for help and they have a little the mandos have a little uh discussion at the campfire uh and then asks them to help grief um you know saying that the mandos could res- resettle on navarro where grief Kaga had offered din a plot of land um and now we come to another highlight of mine which is paz Vizsla's speech where you think as the kind of series had portrayed it he is kind of an antagonistic figure and that's how his speech starts out it's like oh i've been there we've lost so many why would we do that and then comes the uh the plot twist as they say he says because we're mandalorians and this is the way and blah 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 and everybody's super excited uh and also it is no less because he is he has some 
personal sense or like some ties to uh, Din and Bo now, and he respects them, uh, and uh, you know uh, that adds to all of it. And you know, being able to live somewhere fixed and not in the shadows anymore is very appealing. I thought that that was a great scene. The whole campfire scene is really cool, especially it's like you've seen the journey of Paz Vizsla and his relationship to both Din and Bo-Katan through the past few episodes. And I guess that gives credence for the last episode. It's good to get some space between them. So, uh, I mean, I guess it justifies the existence of the last episode. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I just found it phenomenal. Like what a great uh, twist and something that you really didn't expect or I didn't really expect uh, watching it for the first time. Yeah. It was uh, pretty incredible, honestly. I just love though that the uh, <laughs> the armorous hammer is the speaking stone. Yeah, <laughs> <in> the scamper <laughs> situation. I love that. <laughs> oh, that was so funny to me. Um, but yeah, no, they decide to help out Navarro because the New Republic doesn't. Um, which you know, I thought also, as you said goes back that they had to something they had established before that I, I forgot who said it but at some point somebody told grief kaga oh you can't be independent independent for long um you know you can't play this game of oh i'm not part of the uh the new republic i'm not part of the empire i just want to do my own thing i like the payoff here as well like on a grand scheme of things and so they hatch out this plan how to kind of defeat the pirates and again there's uh mandalorians man it's just nice all the jetpack action all of the fighting it's pretty cool um so din acts as a diversion kind of getting the um the big i forgot what what do they call it the cassette or something uh to you know kind of try to chase him so and the fighters as well and then for Bo to come in and the Mandalorians to jetpack down to the streets of Novaro and kill the um kill all the pirates there uh which works pretty well I thought that, that was a very good action sequence you said you said it before um both in in the air and on the ground um uh, every time, every time Paz Vizsla, you know, joins the the fray, you know, shit's gonna go down, and the armorer then always also makes her entrance, which was amazing. Um, and I don't know, it, it it had some of the territory of, oh yeah, those are important characters; they're not gonna die, sort of a feeling for me. But you know, just a little bit, it was fine, um, and. That was that was a pretty pretty well. I don't know the the air fights were just solid, and I really enjoyed the ones on the ground with a little bit. Oh, now we're like pincer maneuvered and we're stuck, and then the armor comes and saves the day. That was uh, pretty fun to watch. Yeah, it just goes back and forth and back and forth, and that's what's a cool battle sequence. It's not just like one and then the obligatory victory kind of thing. So it was, mm. it was I think it was really interesting, and then also it was visually you know uh, diverse enough right and it was interesting enough you get the shots of them flying down you get the shots from the lower angle looking up at them walking through you get 
these shots of the Anzellians for a little bit of comedic humor, but not really distracting. Mm-hmm. Like you get the little, um, the, what are they called? Tree monkeys or whatever, or lizard monkeys, whatever they're called. Um, like pointing out the ambush for them. Yeah, these that was things, great. Yeah, they all add up. So it's a really cool, like um, the on the ground fighting was amazing. And then obviously like that N1 Starfighter, man, it's just so cool. Mm-hmm. Whenever it's in the air, you're just like, whoa. I guess the only negative thing about that sequence or this, I guess maybe the whole episode is that there's not much of Grogu, but that's fine. Yeah. Like Grogu's still around. Grogu's still cute. They still cut to him to see his reactions <laughs> a few times, especially in the, in the, like the speech sequence. So it mm-hmm. was a, uh, you know, a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the pirates. One interesting note was that they, like, the pirates knew the name of the ship, uh, of of Bo-Katan's ship, the Marauder or whatever it's called. I forgot the name. (laughs) Um, But, like, it's really interesting. They called it by its name. Do you think they had, like, run-ins with Bo-Katan in the past? Or, like, or is that just a common name for the ship? That wasn't really clear to me. Oh, I thought that that was, like, the class of ship that it was. Um, That's how I read it. Ah, okay. I read it, like they called it by its name name like the name that bogatan mm. calls it or whatever kind of like the yeah. ghost or something like that yeah that that would also make sense uh hmm i mean i i don't know how bo ha- i mean maybe they you know she she has traveled wide and far so maybe she had had run-ins with pirates before uh so i wouldn't rule it out for me it was just in this situation made more sense that it's just the the kind of type of ship but who knows? Uh, <laughs> I, I, that's kind of it's like okay, uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> it's like not that big of a deal. But uh, I'm, I'm more on the side of this the kind of class of ship, though. Like a marauder sounds more. I'm, I'm there with you. Like the name for a specific one, not for a type of ship. Um, yeah, but that would be a f- an interesting backstory, though. If she. I don't know. At the same time, I'm going back and forth of, uh, with this right now. But if she had had run-ins with pirates before, I'm sure they would have mentioned it in like a line previously, so that this would have been the payoff. Like, oh, it's the Marauder. We've encountered it before, sort of thing. Maybe I'm wondering if it's just like a hint that Bo, because I still think Bo-Katan is going to be the antagonist to Dinjarin somehow. Mm. I don't know how, but I, that's how I imagine things going. So I'm wondering if she, that kind of ties her connections to the underworld of some kind or something of that nature or am i just reading way too much into something probably it's it's interesting um as well like the it was it was just this this moment in the back and forth of uh on the ground level it's like this this uh this action sequence is called pirates versus mandalorians in the streets of navarro and i thought like oh uh, this is kind of a fun little title (laughs) it's like oh this is something i would have played uh with like lego when i was a child or something you know (laughs) it's like so funny get two different groups of people together in a new environment it's a very like you know that's that's what it is kind of a playground of ideas here uh and i enjoyed that a lot um but yeah so navarro is liberated by the mandalorians and grief kaka gives a little speech saying like oh you know thank you so much and now you're part of a part of part of the team uh we appreciate you and you can stay here uh which he said it more eloquently and with much more pathos i love the detail where he just like forgot his own name this time her own title 
Yeah, the title. <laughs> that, that was a fun little callback. Uh, but also also very appropriate that it is a droid playing the super nerd. Mm, actually, it's high magistrate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. If you were in the Star Wars universe, would you be a droid or a human or what do you think you would be? <laughs> you see, yeah, Because I'm a super nerd? <laughs> um, just that, that impression was just so spot on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd make a good droid, I think. Uh, I don't know what that says about me. But um, <laughs> You think you'd be, what kind of droid would you be? Like AZ? Or would you be like C-3PO or R2? Like what kind of, what would you imagine for yourself? If I'm honest with myself, I would be a C-3PO kind of droid. <laughs> uh, I would like to be something different, but I think that just it's phys- phys- sort of physicality and maybe even sometimes personality would uh uh you know m- would be more akin to a not c3po but a c3po type like a protocol droid uh at least my ner- my like more rigid side for sure <laughs> What about you? <laughs> yeah, as I was as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, I was like, huh, I have no idea what I would be in in in, in Star Wars. Um yeah. We can <laughs> we can revisit that. <laughs> yeah, my first thought was Jabba the Hut. And that doesn't <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't think I would be a hut, but that's a funny idea. No. It'd be an excuse yeah. to eat a lot of pizza, which I wouldn't mind. That's very true. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you don't... A Jedi can eat a lot of pizza, right? How does the Jedi metabolism work? Does it very work similarly to humans? I'm not sure. I mean, the way of the Metachlorians is mysterious. That's true. I would love to, like, use the Force to for not gain weight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we would all. I mean, I've never... I mean, they are trained, like, fighters, so they are not, like, out of shape anyway so i think that does its part as well oh i think i would be a clone trooper like maybe like uh not like rex Mm -hmm. level commander but like um one level below rex kind of like a fives yeah interesting but you're you're not very you i mean not like the not like the um it's not that the clones are uniform except kind of what they look like most of them but uh interesting that you would choose that interesting interesting i don't know um, maybe we oh. have to assign each other someone because i think that would maybe be a better reflection of ourselves instead of <laughs> <laughs> or that would really hurt <laughs> uh, I, we can do that in a in a later episode after we have some time to think about it um but yeah so navarro is liberated and paz Vizla tells Bo. Hey, the armorer wants to talk to you, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> what is going on now? Um, so yeah, she basically just shows Bo her forger Navarro um, that we have obviously known from season one, and um, and you know, talking about the huge um, forge on Mandal- uh, Mandalore as well, and how they're though similar because they have the same kind of function, and um, talking about the Mythosaur and or- ordering ordering Bo-Katan to take off her helmet, which was a very interesting, very interesting conundrum here. Like, do you 
do you trust me? Do you accept my authority? And and if yes, you need to do what I say and like break our code by following the order. Um, and yeah, I want to talk about what comes next afterwards. I just want to, you know, until until this point, what do you think of this scene? Wait, until she does take it off or until she gets asked to take it off? Because you kind of stopped in until, the middle there. Yeah, until she is asked to take it off. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I was kind of worried when they went into the sewer a little bit. I was like, oh, my God, is Paz mm. going to try and knock off Bo and Bo's going to have to fight her way out or something? Uh, yeah. But I love the conversation with the armorer about the forge because you can see her thinking about the plans to take over Mandalore again. And you can see her really you, the, the, the gears churning in her brain. And also Bo-Katan is the only one who really also understands that because I feel like no one other than the, the armorer in the covert actually has been to Mandalore or knows anything about Mandalore. So it's really cool mm-hmm. to see that in this context. Um, so as the anticipation is happening, I'm like, Oh, what's going to happen here. And it's like this really cool conversation between the two of them. And then obviously when she gets asked to take her helmet off, I'm like, Oh, Oh damn. Mm-hmm. I think it was yeah. kind of a power move as well by the army. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, is interesting because yeah, I also thought that the, this this was shot like an ambush at first. I was like, oh, wow, there's going to be like a fight. Uh, and now they've kind of used Bo-Katan to, her, to their advantage. And now they get rid of or try to get rid of her, um, which it obviously didn't pan out. But it was just a nice misdirection from a directorial point of view. And yeah, I, I agree. Bo and the armor are the only ones who think of mandalorians as a group in a long-term way everyone else is kind of like paz for example probably only thinks about the covert din mostly thinks about himself kind of about the covert as well but like he is very much fixed on himself and grogu uh and these two are the ones that have kindred spirits if you will and you know hatch long-term plans so they're natural allies there could be some sort of like rivalry here as well but it doesn't happen which i'm really happy about and uh yeah so bokatan takes off the helmet Every, everyone's very confused as they see her uh, on back on the surface level and the armor explains that you know she walks both worlds as i said in our intro and she's the one who can unite all the mandalorians um and you know it is time to retake mandalore um which i thought was really interesting that basically it is now bo's task to get all of the other mandalorians who are spread out um throughout the galaxy and take them to navarro which is so cool that like navarro is now their base of operations uh that they've uh that, that now that they're establishing themselves here and of course, I don't want to. I don't want to glance over that. I almost did. Uh, part of why uh, the Amra is so interested in Bo is the Mythosaur. Something we had been puzzling over last time was like, why is she just ignoring this, this like line of questioning by Bo, uh, and you know her claim to have seen it, but she believes that the Amra does and. That is part of it as well. And yeah, this is now setting things in motion. 
that we will probably be seeing much more of in the future. And I'm curious to see where it goes. I agree that there's probably going to be some sort of struggle between Din and Bo, but what it will be and what that does to um, Din's relationship to the covert as well and the armor and the way, I guess we'll find out. But uh, Rashad, what do you think of all of this? <laughs> I, I mean, it's fun. I mean, you just recounted everything. It's it's all incredible. I have no idea what's going to happen. I think the, when you were talking, the one question that came to my mind was, is this the season or over the course of the season, has the Mandalorian or the titular Mandalorian shifted from Din Djarin to Bo-Katan? Because it does seem that the, this is like, she's the protagonist this season. But maybe that's that's kind of to build up her as like the antagonist of uh of din <laughs> and then whoever wins at the end is going to be the mandalorian but i mean i don't think it'd be it'd be pretty an incredible feat for of this show to you know to be able to achieve that but like to kind of shift the focus and to have din more in the background in the second half of it that'd be pretty impressive it would be bold and they've changed so much of this formula already because it mm. does seem to be like no longer is this just the Grogu Din show. There's so much else going on in here. So I don't know. Like this could be the case or this could be the season where we tra- start to transition and maybe not Din and Grogu not being central or not being like our protagonist anymore or not there at all. But like maybe they aren't central because they aren't. They haven't been. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, even from last episode, it was it was shot from Bo's perspective. This episode, Bo is the leader. Like it is clear that she is the one pushing the initiatives here, and Din is just along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder, you know, if that if that will continue. I'm so curious when in the kind of creative process that happened, because I'm pretty sure like the first season was just going to be like okay this is like one season about this Mandalorian character and at what like obviously we get the introduction of Bo in the second season um but if that was the plan all along that's really interesting if they do it I think it makes sense that they've extended it for for another season so that'd be curious and like don't get me wrong I I would love to see Bo like helming the retaking of mandalore that would be amazing uh and uh, you know whatever whatever comes we're here for it but we have to talk about the last scene here so teva is investigating the kind of the transport ship on which gideon was and was taken from um and he is investigating it with a probe. Um, we can see it's been shot and damaged quite a lot. And then we find remnants of Beskar. And now, you know, the <laughs> uh, the his kind of contact on, on his, like, speakerphone. <laughs> Not speakerphone, but you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, he was taken by Mandalorians? Um and you know, just explaining <laughs> what we saw, what they just said with Beskar. Uh, but like, what a way to end this episode! Wow, yeah, heart racing. It's so cool to see this happening. I have no idea if what it's actually Mandalorians. Is it Mand? Is it mm. Beskar plated soldiers? Is it dark trooper? Did the dark troopers have Beskar? I can't remember if they were 
just Beskar or like just Beskar alloy thing. I don't remember with them. Mm. I don't know what it was really it's really fascinating to think of okay is there actually a contingent of mandalorians who are loyal to moff gideon and he has like a contingent of troops that are from mandalore that'd be insane so are we gonna have like <laughs> mandalore civil war like bo versus moff gideon or something mm-hmm. i don't know it's really cool and then also it just makes me excited to see Giancarlo Esposito again he's such a good villain yeah having him off the board is not fun so bring him back i love him yeah absolutely i think all of this could, like, any of this could happen. <laughs> like, uh, could be true. Uh, it could be Dark Troopers. I'm pretty sure that it's, I, I don't know, like, that, that I thought about it when I was watching it. Um, I'm not sure whether it be, it's, like, pure Beskar or Beskar, Beskar alloy that they're made of, but they're definitely pretty hardy, so I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, the Mandalorian, like, theory would is super interesting because he did have the dark saber so it would make sense if he had some mandalorian followers um another kind of um theory i had was that you know not everybody is as trusting of the new republic as um as din is so maybe there were some uh mandalorians trying to kind of do their justice their own way but that doesn't really make sense to be honest like why would they just like take him and like take him somewhere else and then what happens to him does he just kill them all or what what's happening there um so i think having mandalorians on his side is probably much makes much more sense if it's not dark troopers (laughs) so either one of those i think are pretty likely and yeah i have no idea and like you are i'm very uh i'm i'm very curious to see what's going to happen and just so happy that we're going to see some some more of Giancarlo Esposito because i i'm a huge fan of his uh <laughs> through through the show and he makes an amazing villain i can't wait uh, that's it i can't wait yeah that is that's a good uh, way to end the episode honestly that's a good sign where we are um and so for for now thank you so much for listening if you've enjoyed the show make sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date and for rashad i'm chris and talk to you next time bye